You're live, man. You're live. You're live. You're live. Well, you're still eating lunch. Yeah, well, but we're live. That's not going to work because we're going to be hearing you chewing and crinkling paper no, no, in the no, background no, no. of no, the no, darn no. thing. Look here. Look here. Good night, man. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the three of seven podcast. Whether you're watching live on YouTube or you're joining us on the audio platform, <laughs> we're thankful for you. Yeah, man. So that that ain't gonna work. Yeah, that ain't gonna work. Do we need to restart all? Do no, we need no. to restart this? I just joke, man. You know, look here, boys. I'm trying my best to tolerate Blake moving around here and fiddling with these cameras and, you know, all the stuff that's going on. I'm, I'm doing my best. But, well, because, you know, man, I made a post last night, actually. I'm actually, I told you guys, my, my prayer every single day is to die a little bit more to myself. And you guys are really giving me the opportunity to do that this morning. Praise the Lord, son. You guys are giving me the opportunity to put myself and the way I feel just right to the side. Because let me tell you, everything about... What you're doing right now, Chili, is irking the ever-living crap out of me. But you know what? I shouldn't matter so much. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. I'm growing today. Old Chad is just dying a little bit more today. And good gosh, that is what needs to happen. We're going to talk about that a little bit on the podcast today. I've been praying about this. And, and let me tell you, uh, some of the stuff we're going to talk about on the podcast today is going to be a little bit radical for some of you guys that are... Uh, that are watching. So if you're not down for some radical stuff, I suggest you to tune out right now and just go and find something else to do that's going to suit your little normal way of thinking. Because we're going to talk about some pretty radical ways of thinking today on the podcast. It hit me last night like a freaking ton, of, uh, like a two-ton truck, like a deuce and a half. It hit me. I, I was sitting in the sauna, and it hit me, son. <laughs> and I'm going to share it with y'all today on the podcast. What's this podcast titled anyways? The live stream to end all live streams. You know, I you know, I want you ask me a question and you start talking in the middle of my answer. I wanted this <laughs> I wanted this t podcast to be titled Die or Be Killed. Can you retitle it? Well, after it's over, we can. Uh, well, that ain't going to work for me. Next time you title one of these things, make sure you ask me before you do it, all right? I'll put you black, son. Uh <laughs> I'll send you black. Oh. Uh, look, Die or be look, killed. That's in, what I wanted fact, it to be called. I'll put this camera on me. No, if look. If you want to keep it up. <laughs> no, look, man. I changed the color of my uh 
of my light back here. How do I look, YouTube? It, it ain't really it ain't doing that. It's too it's too high. But y'all can't see this. I changed the color to match my bottle of hoist that I that I got here on my desk today. I've got the peach mango. Look at that. You can't even tell what color that bottle is because it's the same color as the light. Look. Look at that. Look. The bottle just looks like it's white because it's the same color as the light. <laughs> this thing <laughs> this thing's orange. This is an orange one. Peach mango right here. Uh you guys know, man, Hoist has been an amazing partner. I drank, look at here, man. I ran 250 miles, drank this stuff for four days. Did I not, Chili? Oh, yeah. You was putting it in my bottles. <clears throat> I drank Hoist for four days. Never had, a, never had a stomach issue. Never had a single cramp. Yeah. That, look, I'm sick of you guys that cramp. Yeah, if you cramp, cra look, man, cramping is not even real. I'm sick of you guys that freaking cramp. I ain't never cramped. If you're cramping up, you're probably just drinking too much soda pop. And you're full of cramp. Yeah, you, <laughs> if you're cramping, you're full of cramp, man. You know, when I see somebody cramp, I'm just like, they're faking it, man. Your mind's just making it up. Get on with that cramp. Your mind's just making it up. I ran 250 miles, didn't even cramp. <laughs> You know what? That's what hoist is all about. It hydrates you better than water. I don't care. Look, this light is so the same color as this bottle, I can't even read the bottle. <laughs> I can't even. Is that not crazy? That's crazy. You got that Look, peach color, peach mango. Let me go over light. here. Let me go over here so I can read this. This hoist has got calcium, potassium, and magnesium in it. Chili, what's so important about that? That's the full spectrum of electrolytes, man. <clears throat> if something just has sodium in it and it's underdosed with the rest of your electrolyte profile, it's not matched to what you actually lose and need to replace, then it ain't no good, man. Okay. I've got sodium in this, too, 420 well, yeah, milligrams. To, that's part of it. But and most I've people got, will just fall short. They just Sodium, that's it. I got 70 calories in here. Look. Made in Where? America, drinkhoist.com, battlefield tested, warfighter approved. This is good stuff, man. Let me tell you what. Go get you some, drinkhoist.com. You're going to, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I promise you, if you one of them, if you're full of cramp, this is going to put an end to it, right? Because people like me are just laughing at you because you're cramping up all the time. Okay. Th thank you, Hoist. Made in America, by the way. No preservatives. That's right. Um, welcome to the 307 Podcast. Pope. Pope Chili. We have a new team member here at 307 Project. What are you deeming him as? What is his official position within the body? Because we've got... We have got... Right. The Cardinal, yep. Lord C, coming at you right here. Your main host, the Cardinal, Chad Wright. We've got Pope Chili up in the house. 
coming at you with the truth from week to week, letting the smoke rise out of the Vatican. <laughs> Pope Chile. And we got the man behind the scenes. He brings it all together. He'll answer your daggone email. He brings these cameras up and brings power to the earth. He comes back every week after a week. <laughs> Bishop Blake Wright, count the money. Chile is the only one with the power to get the authority to give people the title. <clears throat> well, the Pope can, the Pope will deem you. Y'all want to know who's sitting to my left here? He hadn't been seen on camera yet. <laughs> well, he's about to be. Go ahead and switch that, Blake. Y'all looking at Priest Cornbread. Holy <laughs> smokes! We got the priest up Whoa, in the house God. coming at you <laughs> off the gravel crusher. Coming in the house with the red beard and the white collar. Priest Cornbread. Get your face out the house, son. We got a full house up in here for y'all today. Got a promo. There you go. Got a full house up in here for you today. That. Welcome to the 307 Podcast, Cornbread. What's up? Not much, man. We're happy to have you here. Glad to be here. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, Cornbread. If y'all if y'all are OGs, y'all know who Cornbread is. You know, if y'all are OGs, y'all saw cornbread feeding me hoist for 24 hours almost a year ago next month uh, on the 24-hour treadmill race where we were able to, praise the Lord, raise a quarter million dollars, count the money, Bishop, to give to a charity VIP neuro rehab in 24 hours because of you guys. We were able to raise a quarter million dollars last year to, uh, to help people with spinal cord injuries who need treatment beyond what their insurance companies will pay. You guys know David Charbonnet was up in the house with us there. Uh, he was running VIP neuro rehab uh, at that time. Cornbread was my aid station man. Chili had Jeff Cochran in his corner. Of course, me and Corn dominated the 24-hour treadmill race. We watched Chili <laughs> run back and forth to the toilet and crap his brains out about 35 times, definitely more than one an hour. So if you're an OG, you know Cornbread. But Cornbread, tell the people what's up with you, man. I, I just turned 47 Sunday. I ain't 47. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Been family friends of y'all since you wasn't even driving yet. That's right. Tell oh. the people about our first coon hunt. The very first coon hunt. Tell the people about that. Well, I, you got to sort of set it up a little bit. So we was out on the construction <clears> site, <throat> and I was up atop of a hill watching Chad and his daddy work. Surveying. He, surveying. And he, he Chad come bebopping up through there, had him on some overalls, and he had like three or four scraggly red <laughs> hairs walked up. And he said, hey, man. I heard you coon hunt. And I said, yeah, I coon hunt. 
So we got to talking back and forth and, and set up a coon hunt. But that's how we first originally met. And I thought, this is just a, a miniature version of Shaggy off Scooby-Doo. You know what <laughs> I mean? We set up that coon hunt, and we went out one night, and we took two of my dogs on another construction site. We'd been working, got permission to hunt. Aiken Road, wasn't it? Yeah, Paul Aiken Road. Yeah. Yeah. And we turned them dogs loose. And the interesting thing about it is I'd never seen this happen. We turned two hounds loose. And they both started from the same point, struck, and was running a dead circle toward each other. <laughs> so, I, you know, I went to pitching a fit. One of them's running the track backwards, acting stupid, acting crazy. Well, they both met at the same tree. We walked in there to the tree. And Chad, now, scrawny little shaggy dude, right? Ain't even old enough to have a pistol on his person. I didn't even know he had the pistol. <laughs> you don't know. I got a pistol till you <laughs> till it's too late. <laughs> we tree. We get to the tree, shine up there, and hush almighty, we got two coons. So the dogs was running it right. Mm -hmm. Each one of them was running a separate coon. And uh, he said, I don't even remember what it was. Was it a thirty-eight? It was a thirty-eight special. Snub nose, Smith & Wesson revolver. He did the same little. He did the same little. Hey man, when he walked up to him, he said, "Hey man, I got this pistol here. You want to shoot him? Shoot him out with?" And he handed me that pistol, and I grabbed it and I looked. <laughs> I said, "Well, this thing's got a dang scorpion embroidered on it, and that scorpion's little claw went." <laughs> I said, "I said this is a dang real scorpion." Handed it back. I said, "Man, you got to watch what you handed people." He is not kidding, dude. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It is is literally unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I can picture it in my mind right now. Yeah. I I I hand no crap. Just exactly what he said. I'm holding this snub nosed revolver and I go to hand it to him and no crap. There is a scorpion on the frame of the revolver that looks like it has been engraved on the frame of the revolver. Alive. Alive. No yeah. cramp. No. Cramp. No cramp. No cramp. Yep. Dang. I mean, have you ever even heard? I'll set you up, boy. I pulled <laughs> set you up. I can't figure out how it got on there because I yeah. pulled that thing out of my pocket. That's what I'm saying. You didn't have it in a holster or nothing. It no. was slapped in your pocket. <laughs> that was that pet scorpion he That's had. That's right. It was the wildest thing, man. Yeah. I mean, me and Corns had some times, buddy. I'm telling you. Uh, Corn took me under his wing when I, you know, after that hunt, me and Corn became friends, and he would drive. Well, at that point, good night. I probably lived an hour from you. Yeah, because you lived way up off of. I lived in Silver Creek. Yeah, just south of here. And I lived plumb down in wherever that was, off of, uh, you know, one of them neighborhood roads. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you would drive all the way because I didn't have my license. An hour to pick me up. Then we would have to drive all the way back out toward wherever we were hunting, but it wasn't no hunting. We wasn't ever hunting around my house. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I remember is like a, it was just a few days after I had gotten my driver's license. And I had my old 70, 79 Ford F 250. We called it brown sugar, right? And you were living in that house over there off of 113. Yeah, yeah. Up on the hill. 
That was a drafty house, son. It was. <laughs> was it a, you know that thing, the floor fell in on it, and we was fixing the floor, and it had. we found out it had cross ties for the main beam of the floor. Good night. Yeah. That was a wild place. Country, son. Yeah. Well, you were, so, so I had my driver's license, so I, wherever we had went, it was daytime. I don't know where we went, but I had convinced you to just ride with me. We was going to ride in brown sugar, and we were got done doing whatever we were doing, and, and then I got, we were back going back to your house, and I was on 113, and I was getting, I don't know if I was getting ready to turn into your driveway or getting ready to turn on to 113 but there was i didn't look i didn't look and i turned onto this highway man and there's traffic just bearing down on us about to just slam us right in the side of the truck and i remember you being like dang but that ain't gonna work son (laughs) that ain't gonna work well that that's when that car had the blanker on oh yeah and you looked and you you took off except the car didn't turn yep and that I said, now that blanker ain't what's going to kill you. It's that 4,000 pound car coming at you. Yeah. yeah. It's what's going to kill you. We've had some times, man. Uh, we used to get back from hunts, late night coon hunts. Man, corn would ease up in the house, and he had a dog named Chump. Uh, oh, what was Chump? A mutt? Yeah, he was a mutt. Yeah, yeah. just an old mutt. Corn would get into, we'd walk in the front door. He first thing he would do is kick his boots off, sit down on the couch, and that dog Chump would come and lick his feet oh for like God. no crap for like an hour straight. <laughs> the dog would just steady lick his feet. Yeah, That's what he did. Son. That's what he did of an evening. <laughs> oh Chump, clean man. That's right. Oh yeah. How you get it cleaned? Yeah, I mean, so. We got cornbread, the priest cornbread up in the house, son. Blake, what's happening, man? <laughs> I, I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> Just over here you ain't monitoring these comments. and You ain't said nothing. You know, all that business. Well, I mean, if we're telling stories, I remember that time that bounty hunter <laughs> rolled up at Corn's house. Oh, I remember over that. There I, and, I forgot all about that. And called and said, there's a bounty. Hold on, let me put the camera on me. Oh, what about Ann that? Paul said there's a bounty hunter over here looking for somebody. Me, Dad, Corn. I don't know who. I said looking for who. We jumped out of the truck with guns. We surrounded that bounty hunter. Boy, he liked to he liked to cramp his pants. I remember that. Yeah, I just I it wasn't the dog, was it? Huh? It wasn't a dog, no, was it? No, dog, no. dog had, he had, they This had was a him. rough stock bounty hunter right here. This was a real deep Polk County bounty hunter. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I didn't even know you could be a real bounty hunter. Yeah, man. That's a thing? Yeah, you, you know, go find criminals in their hotel rooms in the middle of the night and dive at them and karate chop them in the neck. <laughs> That's what Dog the Bounty Hunter does. <laughs> Can <Yeah>. you? Have- <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, I always thought the, the crap that Dog did was fake. I mean. No, Dog dog was the real deal. Was he for real? Yeah. Well, I mean, and even if he wasn't, th- that... That crap goes on. People do I that mean, cramp all the time. Can you imagine what a daggone YouTube channel that would make if well, me yeah. and Chili well, were a bounty a, hunters? They made a TV show out of dog, man, so yeah, it'd be a good one. Yeah, but dog ain't got nothing on us, son. Can you imagine Chili I'd getting go, humped I'd, up on somebody, son? I'd go I'd go dive at their feet and uh, ra- just hold around their ankles, and you could just karate chop them in the neck. 
till that well, came. Well, Dog and them couldn't even tote real guns. Cause, That's what I thought. Because he was a felon. Mm. Dog was a felon. So they had to tote pepper ball guns. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, if y'all do it, y'all got to tote pepper ball guns. <laughs> Holy uh, smokes, man. Um, All right. Well, that's your introduction to cornbread. You can freaking like it or lump it. I don't give a crap what you think. Um, what does that mean? Don't give a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Now... Okay, let's get into the podcast here. Did, did, I mean, I don't know. Y'all don't ever show up with any topics that, that, that you want to discuss, so I just assume it's my job to... Oh, I can talk. I, to I have got something a topic. To you, want to talk, you want me to talk about a topic? Well, the, you go ahead and you can, you no, can mention it. I mean, no. <laughs> no, no, see, if you did, it would throw off of what he wants to talk about. Exactly. And he'd go, well, no, 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 no. He's like, everybody's tired of hearing what I got to say, but... I'm just going to say y'all don't have no topics. Then you do, and he says, "Ah, you could, yeah, you mention it for a second while I get my thoughts together." But then I'm going to talk about what I want to. I want to talk about freedom from self. Well, that's what's on my mind. Oh, that's what's on my mind to talk about today. Um, we've discussed this many times on the podcast before. It's just so. It it's just. I don't know. It's a hard. It's a hard thing to even understand. Like, and it's a hard thing to accept, too. Freedom from self. But it's something that definitely is, is on my heart. And I made a post last night, and I said, it's taken me 36 years to realize that I need to be set free from myself. See, I've always thought, I've always thought that, like, I could I could be tough enough that like I could I could somehow just make it through and do what needed to be done and bear the burden that this life puts on all of us somehow some way over time I would grow tough enough to bear that on my own It's taken me 36 years though to realize that that's not true. And it has literally become my prayer every day is to become a little less me, right? <clears throat> now, this is what has really jacked me up, man. <clears throat> this is what's really jacked me up. So this, is, this whole idea originates from basically something that Jesus Christ said. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That is a radical thing to say. Is it not? I mean, that's that's just a that's it's crazy. Like you, but you can read you I've probably read that a hundred times and just never really taken it seriously. But when you take that seriously, it is completely countercultural. It's it is extremely radical <clears throat> because culturally, and I don't think this is unique to to our time in in place. But if we look at 
what we're exposed to or the messages that we are exposed to into like right now, most of the messaging is telling us what I think I have always believed that I can through hard work, through pushing myself by way of time and effort that I can callous myself to the point that nobody and nothing can hurt me. Like it sounds great. I mean, as a, as a matter of fact, one of the best selling books in, in of our time is titled can't hurt me. Right. And it sounds great. And I think a lot of the things I, I haven't read that book, but it sounds great to us because I mean, that gives us hope. We can, we can callous ourselves. We can, we can make our, we can become strong enough to, to bear the burden of life and to bear any reproach or insult and to kind of get to the point that we can stand alone. We, you can stand alone. It sounds really, really wonderful, but the thing about it is, as I look at myself and I look and here, and here's what rocked me, man. This is what rocked me as I look at myself and I look at also other people who claim this stance of I'm tough enough. You can't hurt me. I, I see those people trying to defend themselves. And I also see myself when someone says something about me or somebody questions something about me or something that I said or something that I did. When someone questions me, Questions my honor, questions my integrity, questions my message, questions anything. Guess what the first thing I want to do is? Defend myself. I want to defend myself. And this rocked me, man, because I came to this realization last night that if you are on a journey... If you are truly seeking to die to yourself and live for Christ, you have no right to defend yourself. That, that don't sound good. If, if, if you, if you, if, if yourself, if you, if you put yourself to death, what are you defending? There's nothing to defend. So, so this desire in me, when whether it's a, a social media comment, whether it's a face-to-face -face conversation, 
whether it's uh, no matter what the interaction is, this desire in me to defend my honor, to defend my integrity, to defend my story, to defend something that I be- I believe in. And I'm not talking about the gospel. I'm just talking about some stance that I have. I know, man, this is freaking radical, dude. But that desire to defend myself is showing, and it, it, just, it just highlights the fact that I've got a long ways to go before I put myself to death. I came to this con- I, I came to this realization by way of reading in the book of John. And as I was reading in the book of John in chap- chapters 18 and 19, and Jesus Christ was being basically interrogated by Pilate. I I kept wondering why is Jesus answering Pilate the way he's answering him. It's really confusing because Pilate asks Jesus, um, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus just says, if you say so. He keeps asking him these questions. Um, Pilate says, Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you unto me. What have you done? And Jesus just goes into this weird thing where he says, my my kingdom's not even of this world. It's like, he asks him again. Pilate says, do you not know that I have the power to crucify you or the power to release you? And Jesus just says, You don't have any power against me at all, except it's given to you. In this this interrogation that Jesus Christ endures against Pilate, the judge who, who is going to turn him over to be crucified, he never once defends himself. Is that, that's wild, ain't it? Like, there's so many other things Jesus could have said. Jesus could have made easily made a case for himself. He could have said, hey, Pilate, yeah, I, I, am, I, I am the son of God. I am the king of the Jews. I, look at all the miracles I've done. Look at, all, look, at, look at my life. I haven't done anything. What, what do you, Jesus, like, he, he had all sorts of things and evidence that he could have brought to bear in that conversation with his accuser to defend himself, but he didn't do it. Well, he couldn't have. He couldn't have because while he was innocent, he was bearing us on him, and we are not innocent. So he was actually like essentially he was not on trial there. Everybody was, and he was the placeholder. Yeah. So it, he could. I mean, you're saying he could have made a case for himself, but in the reality of the what was going on, 
he couldn't have because of our failure to provide a defense like we can't. Yeah. And he was he, rep- knew, he knew what had to happen. And he was representing us. Yep. So yep. I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Like Exactly. You're exactly right. I mean, if you're confused about why he didn't, it's because... No, I'm not confused at all. I'm I'm just pointing that out, that he didn't defend himself. And why is it my nature when somebody brings an accusation against me to defend myself? Why don't I just respond like Jesus responded? Why don't I say, well, yeah, man, if you say so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man, maybe maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should have said that differently. I don't know. Like, I'm not defending myself because myself is dead i have nothing to defend and that was jesus's stance myself is dead i know what needs to be done i see jesus was really the only human being who ever walked the face of the earth who probably or no who without a doubt had this i had this ideal of dying to self down completely pat he was the only human who ever walked the face of the earth whose entire identity was not in his human form but was in god the creator of the universe his father that was where his entire identity resided and he cared not about his human form or his own needs his own wants his own angers his own frustrations what did he do he did the work of the father that was it and so when you relinquish your human identity completely and you identify with your creator and and your your entire your entire existence resides in the relationship with your creator your entire purpose resides there every response is responding in a way that would glorify the creator of the universe if you can relinquish that then there is nothing to defend aside from your faith. Well, get, go ahead. There's a part of that that is um, that's pride because Jesus wasn't guilty of any of the things they were accusing him. So he could say, yeah, yeah that's what you want to say, that's fine. But when someone accuses us of those things, we say, well, m- maybe that's true, but but let me tell you why I did it. And there's a sense of pride there. So Jesus didn't have that. So that death to self, um, you know, you're still going to be guilty of what people are probably telling you, but you have to lose the, the sense of pride that you have and be able to just say, yeah, yeah, you're right. I I did do that. You can you're right in saying that, that. man. A hundred percent. Well, and I was going to ask. Give an example of what you're talking about. Defending yourself. Defend yourself from what exactly? I mean, I'm. Um. Like you're talking about when somebody says. I mean. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, for for instance, for instance, because for me personally, this is the way it works. Because there are there are literally probably tens of thousands of hours of 
of content out there for of, of me saying things. What people will do, and, and I'm talking about people that I know. Like, I'm not just talking about people commenting on, on the freaking interwebs. Like, I'm talking about people I know will we'll see a 30-second clip of something that I said, and they have zero context of what I was actually talking about and why I said the thing I said. And then they will confront me in an accusatory way of like, why did you say that? Yeah. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that I want to do is say, oh, well, well, let me defend that. Let me, let me, you know, and it's just like, the point, the, the, the point I'm trying to get to is to just be like, You say so. Well, the yeah. point you need to get to is forgive them, Lord, for they don't know what they're doing. Like the the Romans, there crucifying Jesus on the cross on the cross. Then that's what he said to them. Like, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And people that are saying that to you, well, I, I think it's sort of like what me and you was talking about yesterday, Chili, with desire, and it's a desire that I really can't even explain. But where where is your desire at to begin with? Is so when you get poked or razzed up by somebody, what what is the solution you're looking for? What is the desire flatlined? Even so, if it's driven by emotion, you know it's going to get jacked up a hundred percent. You look, can I defend myself against this person? Absolutely, I can articulate, I can pitch a fit, I can razz them up just as I'm smarter than them. Yep, all the way down to something as simple. Can I can I whoop them physically? You know, if that gets rised up in you without without that straight-up desire, like I said, that I don't even really know how to explain to begin with, I think it's easy for that to ramp up and your ego just go crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like Blake said, pride. You know, when the, the accusations don't matter. I mean, it's it's when you care more about your your reputation than your character, that old saying, like, you know, when you when you really want to defend yourself like that because someone says something about you that's true or not, it's because you're more worried about how people perceive you and see you than what than how you how you actually are. Yeah. And I don't know how yeah. to like tell someone, oh, just stop being that way. But that's a shift that needs to happen as well. But all the all the way to when you first started the conversation, being calloused, doing it on your own. I think affects all that as well because I mean in the end if you're you're just hardcore and I'm I'm ready to do whatever by myself you you're gonna rub the Jesus out of it yeah yeah and 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 in the long run it's gonna reflect affect your relationship with your Savior and or may cost the non-believers their total salvation doing it on your own yeah it's just it it's uh it's it's the 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 ideal though that you can do it on your own though is is or, or to to just bear so so and and what I'm talking about specifically here is bearing the reproach of the world against you. All right, people are going to reproach you. They're going to offend you. They're going to attack you. The world is going to do that to you. Okay? Whether you're a social media superstar or you're just somebody that that interacts with the people in your community, that's just the way people treat people. 
the but the idea that you can callous yourself to the point that you can bear that in yourself, I believe is a false narrative. I don't believe anyone, I don't even believe that's a possibility. If there is still some of you that exists, I can get to it. And I can, I can, I can flare something up. I can, I can stoke something within you that's going to, that's going to push you to make a defense of that little bit of yourself that's still left. And Christ was an example. Christ set the example for us of what it looked like when somebody who has completely died to themselves responds to a reproach. And he did that not only in this interview or in this in the accusations that Pilate and the Jews brought against him, but he did it all the way to the cross. The interesting thing about Jesus Christ is, is that he literally could have stopped it all at any point. He didn't. God didn't have to provide atonement for us. It was simply because he wanted to. It was part of his plan all along. And he still bared every single reproach, never made a defense for his own human person, and went to the cross and allowed himself to be crucified beside wicked men and by wicked men. And, and took it to the point, as Blake mentioned, to pray for them in the midst of that. It's unbelievable. It is the ultimate, it is the ultimate existence to aspire to. Not let me callous my mind, not let me get just so hardened that that's impossible. Stop believing you can do that. You can't do it. But also, you know, we, we have to be careful here and not, um, not say, so while we can't do those things to callous ourselves to be against that, we also can't um, get to the point that, we die to ourselves on our own. So we can't get hung up like we talked, you know, in the last couple podcasts, I think, about this isn't something that you can just go do. You can't say, all right, I feel this reproach. Now I have to do this. You get to the point where you love the Lord so much that that is a response to people reproaching you. And this is summed up perfectly in Galatians 2, it's 19 through 21. It says, For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. So that's that's 19. So he's saying, for through the law, I died to the law that I might live to God. I can't live to both. I can't live to the law and to God. So I, I, can't, uh, I can't fight the, the reproach from these people in our situation and also live for God. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness came through the law, then Christ died in vain. And so it's not I who live, but Christ who lives through me. And he says, now I live in the flesh, but I live in the flesh by the faith in the Son of God. So you get to the point where you love God, you love Jesus so much that you're living your life in the flesh to the point that it's, it's, uh, it's just, you hear people say it's like a vessel, but that's, I mean, that's really it. It's like, it's just the medium, it's just the, the vessel, the conduit, whatever, to get through whatever it is that you're going through. And so um, I think that sums it up great, that it's not I who live, but Christ that lives within me. And you die to the law because it's one or the other. You know, they're talking about the law and fulfilling all of these things. And I use that scripture because we could say, all right, now we really need to not let these people that reproach us get to us, and we need to respond in this way. But then it can become legalistic, and you can say, that's something that I want to do. But you get to the point that you love God so much that that is what happens. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that that I I, I agree with you. So the progress in this progress in this in this thing that we're discussing here, when Jesus says those who lose their life or try to keep their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will gain it, this whole the progress by in in this arena is only made by way of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's yeah. it's I, I can't I, I've tried to do it. I, I've tried to do it. I've tried to say, you know what? Um the attacks that I get aren't unique to me. I, I've tried to relate it. I, okay, other people get attacked the same way I do. Uh so I shouldn't worry about it. I, I've I've tried to 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 say, oh, you know, I, I well, I should res- I should just not let this bother me. That don't freaking work, man. And I don't care how hard you get. Let me tell you what I've been triple th- triple to the top max freaking hardened in my life. I'm freaking harder than you. Trust me. It don't mean jack squat. I'm just telling you, man, we live in the literal upside down. The longer I live, the more I realize every single thing that the world is telling us about how we should live, how we should think, how we should act, all of the, every single thing, if you want to know what's true, you can literally read what the culture is telling you to do and then think, what is the exact opposite of that? And that will be the actual way to do it. There, it's, it's crazy. We live in the upside down. Now, we see this the more that I study scripture, the more that this is what tells me we live in the upside down because everything that God's word tells me is the exact opposite of what culture is telling me. I mean, polar opposite. And this is the only thing that is true. You know, Blake's got, Blake's uh, been working on these, uh, series of books called enough said 
is my cumulative writing over the last few years. And it really, that even there's some conflict in my mind about even releasing those because I have to, anything that I ever write and publish is going to have to be prefaced with the fact that you cannot take the things that I have written as truth unless they are in alignment with God's word. Anything else that I have written, anything else that I have said, any other opinion that I've stated, you cannot take it as truth. So you got to filter through stuff. And this is the filter. It's the, this is the only truth that exists. Yeah, you can't. And, you know, for you and for other people, you can get to the point that you say, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to publish these books or I don't want to, um, maybe a, a pastor says, I don't want to preach this sermon. I, I don't want to do these things because it could be taken wrong or someone might take this. I don't want to put out a YouTube video because it might take somebody's time that they could be doing something better. And so good people can't not do the things they know are right because it could be either taken out of context or it could be misconstrued because that's your life, right? So one one individual entry of of the book, yeah, may, definitely don't take it for truth, but you can't omit that uh, from the book because that is your overarching story, and and yeah. and so it does it it does show God's hand in your life when someone reads the first ever entry to that book to the last one and they see. The progression of your life throughout there they see that humans aren't perfect they're reminded maybe somebody they look up to and admire uh, oh man <laughs> i can't believe chad used to think like this and and part of this just goes right back around to what we circled to you're going people's going to say oh gosh i ain't following chad no more look look at what he wrote you know and if they do so be it who cares you know but you got to put yourself out there with a good heart and you also have to do your homework and to put the right thing, you know, what you know out there. But you can't not do something because you think it might be misconstrued or it might lead someone astray. Now, like, yeah, don't go, you know, toting a six-pack of beer into the church. Obviously, those things are dumb. But if you got a good idea and you think it might help some people, but you think, ah, somebody might, it could lead some one person astray if they look at it this, you still got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is just, it's something that I think, it is something that I think about. Um, I've all, I've always too, I've always desired to, uh, to like be able to chronologically go through and tell, and tell my, my whole story. But the interesting thing is, as the Holy Spirit's kind of, just revealing things through scripture and and I'm 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 praying and seeking more to die to myself I'm like really the story that I should be telling is the story of the person who is dead Well that's what it is yeah. I mean that's your story Yeah But think about that Yeah Yeah you think, I guess th- you would write it in a different th- light th- right Think about the f- think about the freedom in that 
That's that's why this that's why this whole concept is one of the reasons it's so important that you that that we seek this is because it is the ultimate freedom and liberty. Like, think about the freedom of that. Like, I'm going to tell you a story of a man who's now dead. Yeah. Unbelievable. I don't know if that impacts any of the rest of y'all the way it impacts me, but maybe it's because your story don't suck as bad as my story sucks. Maybe for all y'all that got a nice fluffy story and you've had a great life and everything's went well for you, that's good. Maybe this statement don't mean jack squat to you. But it means something to me. Let me tell you a story about this, this person who's now been, been crucified with Christ. I don't know, man. Yeah, you. I mean, the the people that think their life has been nice and fluffy is not. They're just um, either the Holy Spirit hasn't revealed to them their shortcomings, or maybe they're complacent and they're not being honest with themselves. But when you do realize what it is that you've done in life after meeting Jesus. It's hard to get out from under the burden of that. Like, you know, they call the, you know, the difference in condemnation and conviction. And uh, it's hard to get out under, out from under all that you've done and, and even feel like you could be used or like you're worthy. While there's still some of you left. Yeah, yeah, while you still have, you know, breath in your lungs. And you got to, I mean, you have to get out from under. You've used the analogy of the rock, you know. Like you got a sack of rocks in, uh, on your shoulder and everything you've done in your life is just a rock added to that sack, right? And you just keep adding and you add. And, and when you meet Jesus, you don't realize you've got all those rocks in the sack until you meet Jesus and you say, oh, man. And he comes up behind you and, and slits the bottom of that sack and all the rocks fall to the ground and you just left there with an empty sack. And you say, man, I was toting a lot of stuff. But yeah. now I don't have to tote it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, and and then and then a lot of us continue on and we start putting them rocks back in there. We've stitched up the the cut in the bottom and we start throwing some more rocks back in there. Just willingly. Well, yeah. I, I, I agree, but I mean in, in reality, like I I have accepted Christ. I, I, I love Jesus, and I, and I, I believe in, in, his, in, his, in the atonement by way of his shed blood on the cross, but I still carry the burden of the bull crap of my life, even though I know I've been forgiven for it. I know that I'm washed whiter than snow, but I still carry around the burden of the bull crap in my life because I'm clinging to myself. There's, there's still so much of, of myself that I cling to that I just won't let go. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's because of those times when you was even unknowingly callousing yourself, doing it on your own, 
it don't matter how much grit you got. If you're doing it on your own, you're always going to leave something on the table. Spiritually, physically, and mentally. It don't matter how much grit you got. If, if you're not spiritually fit, if you're not loving God, staying in the Word, staying around like-minded people, you're going to leave something on the table. If you got all this grit and you climbing a mountain and you're fat as a hog, you're going to, you're not going to do as good as you possibly could all the way down to, to your mental aspect. If you're, if you're not doing the things you're supposed to be, healthy diet, so on and so forth, exercise, blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, you're not dealing with stuff in your head and you're down in alcohol constantly. It, uh, grit combined with nothing else is worth nothing. Yep. Man, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. Cause it's just, just you and your grit. Yep. Well, YouTube, I know this isn't what you wanted to hear today. I'm sorry I had to talk about this to you guys today. Um, I understand you don't like it. Go ahead, defend it. And I understand that, um, I understand why you don't like it. Because I... The part of me that I'm still clinging to don't like it either. That's what I got to, that, that, that is what I want the Holy Spirit to crush in me. Well, I think the word you, you shared at the beginning is, you know, radical. That's uh that's a very appropriate word when it comes to Jesus and the way he lived and the way that we should live and it's opposite of the world because the world is inclusive you know accepting everything they're inclusive of everything and jesus is radical and christianity is exclusive i mean that it, it it is for everybody but you got you know there's a lot of things in there it says you, you don't need to be doing right and i think that's just a big i've thought about this is that seems like when i grew up that uh Maybe it's just my perception, but it seemed like people used to resist or kind of fight against their what a, evil temptations or tendencies or whatever. And now it's like everything is just like, oh, well, you know, you, you lusting after these women, that's all right because you're a man. That's just the way you were wired. And, you know, yeah, you know, maybe try not to do it, but that's just how you were. You know, that's how you were how you were wired or what, you know, uh, maybe you tell a little lie because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Someone asked you something, you don't tell them the truth because it might hurt their feelings. And they say, oh, that's okay because you don't want to hurt people's feelings. And so everything has just been justified and given excuses and accepted. And we've just gotten so far away from being radical and, and doing what the Bible says to do regardless of how it makes people, the biggest thing is how it makes people feel. That's the problem, is people are concerned with the feelings. You, you know, my problem is, Blake, like, you, you, talk about, you talk about doing what the Bible tells you to do. Like, I can understand all of the, the, the tangible things, like you said, like, don't, don't lust, don't covet, don't be greedy. Like, I can understand all of those things, right? 
And it's not that those things aren't important, but it's almost like they're not important. The, the things, the things, it's, it's, it's interesting because there is so much in God's word and there is so much in the example that Christ set for us that's recorded in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that we should do that we don't even understand it's telling us to do. Yeah. And that, 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 so that's the big revelation that I'm having here as I'm reading John and I'm seeing Christ not defending himself. Mm-hmm. Like, that, but those are, the, those are like the deep things that need to be done that actually produce the the life to where you have the you 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 can do the other things just fall into place it's almost like these deep things have been right in front of my face about the nature of god and the nature of jesus christ and i'm supposed to I, I am a vessel and, a, and an ambassador for Christ. I, I, I am, I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a representative of Christ. That means I need to be like Christ, but I can't even see these things. It, I, how many times have I read the book of John and I've never realized the importance of the fact that Christ wouldn't even defend himself? Like those, those are hard things for me to see. It's like there's so much when I read this that I just don't see, man. It's it's so funny hearing like just hearing you do this because I I feel like ever since I knew you I realized that this this struggle was probably the well I mean partially a struggle of just the like you say the defense and caring too much about what other people think you know I mean that's been a long long waged battle and. Hearing you say what you just said, I mean, it's, it's funny for me to sit back and listen. Like Blake has said it multiple times on this podcast and other podcasts about these things are a natural byproduct of loving God. Yeah. And then you just, the way you just said it was like, you said it in this roundabout way. And like Blake has simplified that mm-hmm. like four or five times, but you're describing how like you still can't. It's just interesting. I well, mean, this- and I'm not saying I'm like, oh, I've got it figured out and I'm watching you not, but I'm just saying. Like that's that is the answer. This I mean, is something that comes by revelation of God. I mean, it's interesting that you're going, that you're kind of starting to get this because the last I would say maybe month and a half, two months, I have really gotten this, and so it's just interesting when you kind of be, you know, you're doing life and living with these people, and one person kind of gets this thing, and we did talk about it on the podcast. But other than that, you know, it's not like I'm trying to get Chad to get this. But then God begins to reveal the same thing to him, and you're just, just one day, you're just like, man, I've been missing. This, now this. this makes sense. I get now I can read the Bible in a different light. And so, the things I'm saying about the acceptance of the world and things, I'm not saying you need to do those things so that anything can happen. I'm saying that when you start to have that, because when you love God. 
That should be the byproduct. But you know what? You're not going to always love God the most that you have in your life. There's going to be times where you get sidetracked by, you know, desires and wants. And then you're going to kind of just begin to gradually slip away. And the devil gets his way in. And what does somebody say? That's all right, Corn. I know, I know you. I seen you look at that girl, but that's all right, man. You're just a man. Just try to do better. I say, no, man. It's not all right that you did that. The Bible tells us not to make any provision for the flesh, not to give any foothold to the devil, and that's exactly what you're doing by doing that. So don't do it again. And he's going to say, mm, you're right, man. I, I need to get back on track and love the Lord. And so that's how we need to treat those things and not just accept it and make provision for the flesh by telling people that. So it's a part of us as followers of Christ reminding each other of that, not making provision for the flesh so that we're able to get back in alignment and focus on the love of God so that our life, we live our life that way. I, 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 could, I could not know this by hearing you say it. No. It just don't register. It well, just don't register. Do you think death to self in the terms that we're talking about it is often talked about in these terms with reference to the gospel because when people say the gospel it seems like what they mean is believe in jesus what's well, like believe in jesus what i mean he he said like why would you believe i mean the whole reason you need to believe in jesus is because you have to die to yourself there's something wrong yep so it's like if that doesn't happen then what do you you say you believe in jesus but haven't died to yourself well then what are you believing him for oh man you believe that he did what? Yeah. I mean, you, you're you still there. So what did he do? I mean, it, it, like, you believe that he saved you from what? You say Jesus died for you, and you say, what, what did he die? why did he die for me? I didn't need that. I mean, it's like, what did he die for you for? I mean, you're still here. Like, the, the whole point is Jesus, like, it's, it's, it's an imagery. I mean, he had to die. And be resurrected. You have to die to yourself to be a new creation. If that doesn't happen, you're not, you didn't, the transformation that needs to take place didn't take place. Well, I've always said you have to recognize your need for Jesus before. And why would you need Jesus? Why do I need him? I mean, why does anybody? Because we need, because whatever this is, is not sufficient. Right. It's not enough. It's not enough. It yeah. take me, but it, but, but so why, if, so how, why would it need to do? You know, if it does, if it's sufficient, if it, or if it's not sufficient, then does it need to die? I mean, if if it was sufficient, it wouldn't need to die, right? But it it isn't. Yeah, clearly. I mean, almost anybody would say that. Yeah, that's the that's the broad thing is that you are not enough. That's why you need Jesus, and that is manifested in your life. And I mean, it could be anyway. You, you know, it could be in my case just dealing with so much just crazy anxiety and stress that it's it's overbearing and you realize i'm not enough to deal with this and then you find jesus and he shows where else you're also not enough but there's usually one peak or pinnacle that you that that hits and you say son doctors can't help me my parents can't help me my family can't help me that there's got to be there's got to be i can't do yeah. this and then you say there's something bigger than us out here, and what is? That? And there and there's so many contradictions in not only what people speak, but also what they think and what they unknowingly think about the the state of things and their their own nature, and then the the way that the world is. 
And like, I don't have all the answers, but I sure do ask a lot of questions. And that's why I advocate for asking questions. Why do I, I mean, I think, okay, uh, you ask yourself, am I enough as a human being on my own? Am I enough? A lot of people would say no. And then if you ask somebody, do you need to die to yourself? They'd go, what? What are you talking? Well, uh, well yeah. Jesus died for me. Well, yeah, but like, do you need to die for yourself? You just said you're not enough. That, that's an easy answer. Yes. You know, like you have to, I mean, ask yourself those things or else you'll never figure it out. And that's part of seeking that I always say, mm-hmm. I, I always say, I don't know how you change this thing. Like uh, it's Chad or... Whoever out there, probably everybody, as Blake always says, everybody, just to different degrees, cares too much what other people think. Well, I've always said, I don't know how you change things like that about yourself. I don't know how you have this one desire, and then you just say, I'm not going to have that no more. But I don't think you can do that. I think the way that that is eventually freed from you, if it's ever going to be freed from you, is you seek God. And then seeking God will produce the love of God that Blake is talking about. Yep. That does co- that that then the thing you want happens as a byproduct of that. Yeah, and there's a there's something there with the difference in understanding and believing. Like you would say, well, I understand kind of that Jesus died for people, and that he, I understand that people say he died for me, but you probably don't believe it at that point until you recognize that you need it. And you know, Chad said, well, you know, I can understand these things that the Bible's saying and and but you know I don't really I don't get that just doing those things is is not doing anything and it's like yeah. you, you know so there's a difference there in understanding what's going on yeah. and actually believing it and and maybe you could even say taking it on or receiving for it for sure cuz I, I mean I struggle with belief as much as anybody but like, yeah, there's a clear delineation between believing something and having a grasp of the concept, yeah. an understanding of the concept. I mean, of some level yeah. of understanding. Yeah, there's a clear delineation. Yeah, the 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 understanding, at least the place that I'm at right now, it's 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 about understanding the nature of God, the creator of the universe, and then dying to yourself in order to become that nature. It's easy, like like I say, it's so easy for us to grasp the concept of, of, of the rules. It's not easy to understand and see the nature of the creator of the universe and then die to ourselves in order to become that, which will then bring about and a totally different lifestyle and change your 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 wants, desires, needs, all that stuff. What I'm what I'm saying here is I have seen, I have found it has been revealed to me something new about the nature of Christ that has been there all along, yeah. but I've I've seen it, I've read it, I've heard it, I've never understood it. It's the living word. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I am just, I, I, whatever of me is left is just a perpetual fool. <laughs> Good night, son. It's dag. Oh yeah. Good night. All right. Let's take a little break. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're back from break. 
Let's see here. Yep. Back. All right. My the camera's still black on my uh well, give it a second. On my thing here. Yeah, we're back. Can you YouTube? That's tech guy over there, Tech Junior. YouTube. All right, we're back up. We want to be on like a sixty second right. lag or something. There's a little latency but in YouTube. That's fine. Good night. Back at you. Man, if only you guys could hear the conversations that go on during these breaks. I mean I probably did hear it. You know, that's where the do you mute them? Yeah. Oh. oh, okay. All right. If only you guys, man. All right. We're back from the break. Um I'm gonna go in I'm gonna go in and address a few things here in a minute, but I got to show y'all this, man. Have you seen this? I ain't seen it. This how many of these? How many of these are there? Uh, twenty-four. Of them. Twenty-four. Yeah. Twenty-four. This is a exclusive knife called the Valor. That's a knife. Yes. I've been yes, car- I've been carrying this. Hold on. Watch that. Watch this. That's smooth. Watch man. this. Ball oh. bearings. Oh. All right. Blake, you bought me one of these. How long ago? A year, probably. Yeah, I think I got it for you for Christmas. I've been carrying this Valor for a year. Now, mine looks different than this because this is a special edition. There's only 24 of these uh, in existence. They are made one at a time by hand by Shea Butler. It is literally the best pocket knife that I have ever put my hands on. The craftsmanship in this blade is unbelievable. Hold on. Watch this. <laughs> That's right. There's 24 Ball of these. Ball bearing. Look, man. Shea puts these things together. All this hardware. is This hardware is titanium, ain't it? Yeah, he said a handful of them screws. He said it's been... $2,000, and he said he can hold it hold oh it in his hand. gosh. The That's the kind of quality we're talking about. We're talking about down to the to the dab bum screw. Okay? There's 24 of these. Sharp as a razor, too. Yeah. Don't, whoa, whoa, don't cut yourself. <laughs> look at him. And look. Wait, what will you do that, that for? That might even cut Chad's beard hair. <laughs> I guarantee you. Well, watch that this. beard hair is tensile strength. Though. Watch this. Good. Look at that. Night. All right. We're going to auction it. that off. All right. There it is. Now look here, man. This ain't something that you just want to that you just want to flippantly buy. All right. This thing right here is going to last you the rest of your life if you don't lose it. Um Where can people get these, Blake? We'll put the link in the one, show notes. One of the it, 24. Yeah, it'll be on, uh, you can go to Shea Butler Knives, his website, and they'll be listed on there. And so we'll put a link to that on the. And it, 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 isn't there like a time frame until. Uh, yeah, if you want it by Christmas, you have to order it by December 11th. Okay. And so if you order it before then, he's making them handmade. He makes them as when you order it. He's got all the materials. The yeah. blades are forged. Yeah, everything's there. He's just working on them. So as you order them, he put them together and ship them out. And 
So December 11th is the cutoff. Pretty cool. And uh, through Monday, then they're 100 bucks off. So Really? And then after that, the price goes back to normal. It's that Black Friday discount. Black Friday, Black, Black Knife. Friday. Okay. Well, they call the Monday. Y'all are the Cyber only- Monday? By yeah. the way, uh, y'all here on y'all are the first ones to know about this. Yeah, yeah. there's twenty four of them. Yep. You want one? Go get you one. If you don't, then don't. I don't give a crap. <laughs> I'm just telling you about it. Okay. Now look. You better not. Um. Oh, the other thing. The other thing that I wanted to address on here is uh. Many times I think when when we have conversations about the the state of the state of the world mm. I think it affects people some people in a negative way and what I want to share with you guys is the reason that we can have the conversations that we have about the state of the world is because the conclu- would you agree with the conclusion that there is no hope for humanity? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> would you agree with the conclusion that there's no hope? No, I don't agree. You, for, you for said that yesterday, but I don't agree with that there's no hope for humanity uh, apart from christ okay there apart from I, christ i would agree with that okay i mean so apart from christ there's no saving there, there we cannot there, save there's ourselves. no there's no long-term solution for the perpetual existence of life on earth as it is well for let's say for the united states of america <laughs> you sure can't eternally <laughs> save yourself and, I mean, and uh, do you do you think there's a long-term solution for the united states of america uh no okay thank you chili see what y'all don't understand you ain't gonna ask cornbread <laughs> what, what do you think corn no, no they ain't. okay yeah okay. see when you come we, we we have come to the conclusion that there is no long-term solution and so when you come to that conclusion you can then talk about all the crap that's going on and you ain't got to get mad about it because it's just fun conversation. So I want y'all to understand when me and Chili get on here and we and we we bring we bring the the knowledge down on what's going on in town. And y'all and y'all are impacted negatively by that. I just want you to know, there is no hope. It's a pride, man. That's why they get mad, because the pride, they, they're trying Aside to provide a defense. Christ. Aside a, from Christ. You know I'm proud, that song, Proud to Be an American. Yeah, yeah, don't sing it. We'll get copyrighted. Yeah. It, it, it's, I sound so much like him. <laughs> it's actually, at times, comical. I may, Can you relate to this, Chili? You know, they, I think that there, there are people out there who think that there is some solution that's going to change, turn everything around, 
and make things the way they should be. Yeah, maybe they're in. From now on. Well, no, they don't care from now on. They just care about their lifetime because okay. all Americans are selfish. And so they just care. When I hear that, it is comical to me. All right? So we discuss the things we discuss on truck talks, on the podcast. On the podcast. On the, all that good stuff because it's just fun. We ain't mad. We know this crap's going down the drain, man. <laughs> we, we know that. Come on, man. Y'all don't think we know that? I think, you know what? I actually just thought of something that I think would turn Please this share. around. Please share. If you ran for president. That would... <laughs> the ultimate solution. Look, don't give him... He's Now he's getting some more of himself. Well, that's he's what thinking. it is. I mean, we can just act like we're beating around the bush here like there ain't a solution. If I ran for president. You ever heard the solutions right in front of you? Look, I'm looking at it. It's him, man. He gonna save the country. I was actually... I was Well, I was gonna start... By running for governor. Okay. Well, where, you, well you shut that down. Just well, run for sheriff. Because well, that was when I was one of them naysayers. I mean, look. Yeah, I'm trying to be part of the solution, I, man. Well, look. And I, so I was actually going to run for the governor of Georgia in this upcoming election. Work your way up. Because I was going to bring the solution that we needed, at least on a state level. Um, and Chile said, uh, Chile was opposed to it. And I said, look, Chili, when I get in there, man, we'll be able to make deals with people mm. and we'll be able to get super rich. He can never <laughs> run for politics ever <laughs> with so much out there. Look, man, we're going to get in on the ground level and what we, you know, we'll take all these evil people out. Yeah, and we'll get rich in the process because we're going to be, <laughs> look, somebody needs something done in Georgia. If you're the governor, you just say, hey, man, okay, we'll give me a little cut. About five stacks. Yeah, give me a little cut. We'll make sure you get your permits. We'll make sure you get, you know, you won't be bothered. You'll be able to build your factory. You'll be able to build your thing. Dump all your pollution into the river if you yeah, want. Yeah, dump your stuff into the Ustanal of the Kusa. It don't matter, okay? We'll turn a blind eye. Pump it in there. Look, but you were opposed to that. Well, like I said, man, it was back in my old ways, I was just... A naysayer. I didn't think there was any hope, but now I'm on board. You're the man. You're the man. So for you the think job. I'm the ultimate? Hope. I think, yeah, man. I think you got to get in there, get into the, you know, the system. The system is all jacked up. That's Alan. Alan's got to run for governor. <laughs> Alan, right? What it needs is is a is a is a good actor, you know, a, like you to just get in there, and you won't be swayed or or affected by these evil people you will change them and you get in there you work your way up everything i mean bang he's so hard and calloused can you imagine if he were to get in there what well, you two what do you guys think about this man well uh, i i've i mean it sounds like a good campaign slogan the solution is right me. in front of you chad wright the ultimate solution, solution. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that sounds like exactly like the final solution. I mean, <laughs> whoa, screw! I, I mean, screw this! Make America great again, stuff. Like, we talking about Chad Wright, the ultimate solution. We make son. Georgia great again. We just slipped right into a. I mean, I've heard that slogan before. Oh my gosh! 
We call this the Second Reich, boy. He has been. One of our family members said, you better watch out, Chad, about the Antichrist. Oh, my gosh. Well, better watch out for it. Implementing that ultimate solution. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh. <laughs> we done. That, everybody watching, you just watched an idea go from the, uh, <sighs> you know, just put on the table initially and then just whoosh, right off. <laughs> We're going to scrap that idea. Yeah. That done went too far. <laughs> well, we can change that slogan. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can change that, but maybe build back stronger. Build back stronger. Uh-huh. Nah, that's kind of weak. Build back harder. Mm. I don't know. I don't like the build back type thing because if uh-huh. I got elected, if I got elected, I mean, nothing else will need to be built. That's true. It, it would just be done. Yep. Right. Uh, Chad Wright, mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. So yeah. if we're gonna go this route, I'm, I'm YouTube. Do y'all want me to run for president? Okay, <laughs> I see some people. Chad struggle. Um, all right. If y'all want me to run for president, I've got to figure out who's gonna be in my cabinet. Okay. Your now, cabinet. Now, <laughs> Chili. <laughs> Already, look, if we go into political office, we're getting rich. And <laughs> this is ridiculous. If you're not going to let me make these deals, I'm going to put you somewhere else so, that, that don't have to do with, with my internal deal. Well, making. you know, I'm going to be there because I got to count the money. <laughs> so, Blake, That's secretary, you're going to be minister <laughs> of finance. All right. When I, okay. Blake's minister of finance. What's corn gonna be? Well, I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. Um, Count for, me out first. Where are we gonna put Chili in the cabinet? Count me out. Upper cabinet. <laughs> put him on the top. Put me shelf. on the top shelf. Yeah. No, nah, man, you can count me out of politics, man. Do you not want things to turn around? No, I think I just said, man, the ultimate solution is you. But nah, I, I'm I'm out. Chili's out. You got to serve your country, man. No, I'm out. Sure don't. Well, y'all, y'all, let me know, UT. Where do you want chili in the cabinet? All right. And then uh, cornbread. I think I'm gonna put you head of security, Bubba. There you go, Bubba. We'll do so, cornbread is gonna be my head of security. Um, well, corn's the most senior member here. Yeah, yeah. That's, you ain't the oldest one around no more. Dang, that's I true. I got you by 11 years, man. Dang. <laughs> Did you ever think about that? Well, that don't mean he can't be minister of security. No, don't mean that. What has this turned into, this discussion? <laughs> We're putting together a plan here, Bubba. All right, well, it may not be smart, wise to do that over the airwaves, you know. It might mess up your solution. Well, I ain't trying to hide nothing. Well, you know, you got to, this stuff public don't need to be privy to everything that goes on behind the scenes and government you know mm. it could definitely mess our deal making up oh yeah that's i'm just what i'm thinking about the deal making could be <laughs> hindered by too much information being out there mm. you see Ch- what i'm saying all right chili i just came up with your title in my cabinet all right minister of intelligence okay. all right all right. So the whole cabinet's formed. We've got the Minister of Finance, the Minister of Intelligence, and the Minister 
of security. All right? I'm going to put my paperwork in. If you guys are here in Georgia. Who's your running mate? Running mate? Yeah, vice president. I don't need no Vice president. He don't need a mate. Why are you going to have a vice anything when you're the ultimate solution? Well, they make you run with one when you fill out your paperwork. Really? Yeah. Huh. (laughs) Got to have a backup. Chili can pack them orders, send out T-shirts for campaigning, you know. Yeah, you think to, about that. Yeah, you need to get working on designing these campaign signs and stuff. A vote for Chad shirt. Yeah, yeah, that needs to be that needs to come down the pipe. So, I know all of you guys out there, you're looking for things to turn around. You're looking for leadership. You're looking for somebody to come in and get this country back up on its feet, so that we can live free. I'm your man. All right. That's what that there's the shirt. It says Chad Wright 2024. No running mate. I'm your man. I'm your man. We don't need a secondary. I've got a good head. I've got a good minister of security over here. There ain't nothing going to happen. I'm your man. Uh so y'all get your minds right. Get your voting pencil out because y'all know voting matters. Pencil. Y'all know your vote counts, okay? The only way I'm going to get into office is if y'all vote. Start, and mail them in. Start mailing them in now. Yeah. Yeah. The only way I'm going to get into office is if y'all get out and flood the polls, man. Okay? Because, that, that you know, there's, there's no, nothing else matters except for your votes. Your votes count. Well, Blake's got to file the paperwork to get you on the ballots. He's already working on that. Okay. Yeah, he's what he's doing over there right now. Look at him. Uh, it's, it's up. It's up. I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm all in. All 50 states? Yeah. Hold on. Are we Me? running for Georgia governor or are we running for president? I thought you were running for president. I'll do whichever one y'all want. <laughs> There's I a couple states I don't. he ain't going to be president of. He's, mm. So we're going to do about 48. Well, that's one of the first things I'm going to do when I get in there is I'm cutting some states out. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them may right. succeed on their own, so. I think that needs to be – you got to say that up front. What's that? What state you cutting out? <sighs> well, he might need their vote, so maybe he'll let them vote and then cut them out. Yeah, I got to wait till all the votes come in. We're going to cut states out based off of the voting hey, results. Hey, look. I well, got, you may gain look, votes, though, also by the ones you were cutting out. I've got a couple. There's a lot of California haters. Through our intelligence, I've got a couple areas we're just going to – you know, knock knock down some walls, and then we, I got some voters on the way for you. Okay. So you don't worry about the states and, you know, are you a citizen? Did you vote? Did you do your duty? <laughs> we got people doing the duty that ain't even part of this thing, oh, but that's all right. Okay. So yeah, that's what you need to know is we got – the poles will be flooded through the holes in the walls. Okay. All right. If you know what I mean. I like that. I like that. See, <clears throat> we let you guys on the 307 podcast, we let you guys in on the real stuff. All right. Can, can, can y'all think of any other podcast who's going to have this discussion live on the air? We, we want you guys, we we want to be open and transparent with well, you we guys. Care about you. If y'all going to put me in charge, I'm going to be transparent with you. Y'all going to know how we got to that point. Okay. It's going to be by way of your vote. Okay, so 
I'm glad that's cleared up. We've determined the way forward. Chili, what I need now is a vision board. Okay? Mm. All right. I need a vision board so that we can put this on the board and I can manifest it. All right. That's the very next thing I need. I'll make it. All right? So, everybody else, get out of the way. You've been wanting your solution. I'm offering up my time and my energy to bring the solution that you've all been looking for. Vote for me. You don't even have a choice. <laughs> That's the slogan. Holy crap. Oh my God. Chad Wright, 2024, through the rest of time, you don't even have a choice. Through infinity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to uh, open up to any of you guys that have any questions on YouTube. While we've got you on here. Well, you do. We had a few super chats come in. Okay. So you guys send your questions in if you got any. Blake's going to go over the super chats while y'all sending questions in. Huh? That Eric Logan gave 10 bucks. Eric, thank you, Sent brother. that heart emoji. We'll put that in toward our campaign fans, or funds. <laughs> Thanks. Travis Van S coming in at 20 bucks again. Travis, like he does come every on, man. Wednesday. You've been killed. You've been seeing any deer, Travis. He said, Let me tell y'all a story about Travis who killed his old self this summer in the waters of Rainbow Lake, baptized and trying to pick up the cross daily. That's what I'm talking about, man. Marty Bingham gave 20 bucks. He said, I'm training with y'all in January. Proving ground. Marty coming to the proving grounds. He said, "Will an old man, stiff-legged, stumble pass for a PT?" Oh yeah, hundred percent. We do that stiff leg stumble. Oh yeah, daily. don't worry, don't worry, Marty, don't worry. Everybody gonna be stiff-legged by Sunday. You we, won't be the only stiff-legged one there. We just got Stephen Adario coming in at twenty bucks. Thank you, Stephen. Steve, thank you, Stephen. They got they uh they got that. That order headed your way, Steve. I seen him in the dungeon. It's true. So, sure do. All right. Let's see here what we got. You monitoring this, Chad? I'm looking for some some daggone questions, man. Uh, I don't see nothing. When you, he, you Hugo know, Stiglitz was on here earlier. He he usually comes in with some questions. Uh, yeah. Poop Deck Poppy said he got baptized in a hospital while he had sepsis. That's a good time to get baptized. That sepsis, yeah, that sepsis is rough, son. Huh. Uh, Jonathan asked, uh, tw Chili, this is a question for you. How about 20% off of Thanksgiving so we can buy some merchandise? No, 20% off of Thanksgiving. I tell you what, we'll give you 20% off Thanksgiving. Go get it. <laughs> One thing y'all might not know about uh, me around here is uh, one of the first things I'm going to do when I get elected is we are we are getting rid of these stinking holidays. <laughs> they ain't going to be another holiday on the dang books. Tell them. Thanksgiving's going. Easter's gone. Fourth uh, of July's gone. All of that crap is gone. We don't celebrate for holidays around here. They're all made up stuff man thanksgiving <laughs> well you're coming over here celebrating a dinner with a native american and then you killed them all <laughs> what kind of, what kind of holiday is that you sit yep. out 
You sat down and ate. You sat down and ate a turkey with them. Then you gave them a blanket full of the flu and killed them. And then you ask your kids to color a picture of some little smiling Native American. You know, I mean, come on. But look, look, where? Look, listen. This person asks, always ultra. Do you have to be a person of faith to partake in your ruck course? Negative. That's a good question. That's a darn good yeah. question. We take all types. All right. If you want to come out and train, come on out and train, man. You do not. Yep. You don't. You don't have to be a follower of Christ to come out and train with us. Um, we got another one here, Jekaret. He says, "How do the hoodies fit? I want to get some for my brother's Christmas. I would say to order a size. I mean, generally, I'm a medium. Yeah." But after you dry that unit, yeah, it, it might draw up just a hair. So, I mean, and well, I like hoodies a little bigger because you got clothes on under them. Well, so. yeah, that's what I would say. If you wear a medium T-shirt, most people like a little bit bigger of a hoodie. But also, there is a size chart on the uh, the website. There's no a kidding. link. You've put the size chart on <laughs> Well, there. for the hoodies, I have. <laughs> okay. For the hoodies, you can click the link. Size chart takes it to the brand of the hoodie that we screen printed on wow. everything. However, I don't... The reason there ain't never been a size chart on there is because if you've ever read a size chart, they don't, they don't do you no good. They just tell you the measurements in your chest and whatever, and you're supposed to go get a measuring tape and wrap it around you. It really don't do much good, but... There is a size chart for everybody who got mad that there wasn't one. So there is one for the hoodies, but it probably ain't going to do you no good. So if you wear a medium T-shirt, probably get a large. Or you might want a hoodie, a medium hoodie, if you like them tight. Yeah, I, so I, look here. Uh, what's this feller's name? Uh, Jackaret. Jackaret. Hey, look here, Bubba. I'm 165 pounds of pure daggone muscle, 6 foot tall, 72 inches, measured by the government many times. I wear a, I prefer an extra large hoodie. And you wear a large t-shirt. No, I like, well, I, I'm, Generally. I'm supposed to wear a large t-shirt, but I prefer an extra large t-shirt. Well, you like them to be a dress. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I, that extra large hoodie fits me just right, okay? And good good question, Jackarette. Yeah. That was a good one. Ron Thompson said, since suppressors are legal, will I fix the nine-month waiting period when I'm elected president? Yeah. Yes, sir. Let me tell you right now. Look. Nine months. You'd be, you'd yeah, try about a year. Look, when somebody asks you to explain to them the meaning of shall not be infringed, just tell them, shall not be infringed. When y'all elect me, you're going to be able to have whatever armament and weapons that you want, man. I don't care. I don't care if you're a felon. I don't care who you are. Everybody's going to have equal rights to keep and bear arms. We got uh, Keenan Greer here. He gave 10 bucks. He said, y'all got me running. Ran my first half marathon a few weeks ago. Lost 25 pounds. He ain't all right awesome. with being a turd. And by the way, how did Chili get his name? We have to talk about that later. Uh, I saw outstanding. Keenan. Yeah, that is great. Good work, man. We had, uh, let's see, awesome. Trader Joe. He said, eight days sober from alcohol. First time doing that in 14 years. Any tips on staying strong? Dang, man. You got anything, Corn? I'm going I'm to tell you just real quick a story. 
when when I got sober, and it's been a little over three years ago, and it man, it was kicking my tail. And uh, I got to day forty seven, and I remembered when I was policing, there was a guy we called Lizard Leg. He'd always been around Dallas, and Lizard Leg would come in the QT at night when we take breaks, and Lizard Leg had been on meth for ever since I was a little kid around Dallas. Lizard Leg did meth, and Lizard Leg had been sober about 10 years, and I asked him one night, I said, well, you, you did meth all those years. When did it ever get better? And he said, when I quit counting the days. Mm. So on day 40, it's 47, 48, 49, I quit counting the days, and it got better, son. Mm. It got, and I think because I was associating every day that I woke up to that last time I drank, and I, I really believe that's what it was. It's all you thought about. Yeah. That's, yeah. The last time I had a drink was 47 days mm -hmm. ago. Man. Yeah. Never thought I'd make it 47 days. So anybody, anytime anybody asks me that, give that a shot. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Good, good word. That's good word, man. That's a good word. Um, all right, guys. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, somebody also said that I could run for England's uh, leader, too. Yes, that would be my goal. If you elect me as president of the United States, uh, I will eventually be president of the whole world. Yeah, you may as well annex Canada and Mexico yeah. year, year one. Yeah, we're going, we're going worldwide. If you touch us, you coming year one. Yep. You see that last super chat? Yeah, Stephen Jr. What about that? Stephen Jr. He said he watch out for that sneaky snake. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, Steve said that. Yeah. yeah, Steve Jr. Yeah. You see that? Oh yeah, I see it. Sneaky snake. Yeah, y'all, y'all, some of y'all know what he's talking about. Most of y'all don't, though. <laughs> Rent Collector also wanted me to take over Canada, so everybody, yeah, everybody's on board with this. Yeah, we're going worldwide, pack, guys. Pack your stuff, Trudeau. Yep. We're going worldwide. Put your votes in. Thank you, Chad, world leader. Thank you. Yes, I will sacrifice my time and efforts in order to bring you freedom. Lord C. Lord C. Cardinal coming at you. Enough said. <laughs>